0: What's going on, guys? Welcome to another episode of the Boom Boom Performance Podcast. Today's guest is Christina Rice, which is somebody I am extremely excited to get on the podcast because, man, she has an incredible story. She has been through hell and back when it comes to gut health, not only from a um, digestion perspective, a health perspective, uh, a physical perspective, but also a mental perspective. Like We get into anxiety and depression as well. Her life has been dramatically affected through gut health, and that actually – the issues she suffered from day one of birth, like literally since the day she was born, going through her entire life, led her to study more, to research more, to practice more, and then eventually to coach a lot of people on how to improve their gut. I first heard Christina on some other podcasts. I mean, Mind Pump, uh, The Muscle Expert with Ben Pokolsky, a bunch of different big podcasts, um, as well as her own, which is another reason why I'm excited to get her on here because she is a fellow podcaster. So the conversation goes really smoothly, but also. She is a hustler. She's young. I want to say she said she was 23. We talked for a while before and after the podcast just about business, and it was really cool to sit there and chat with her because she's a young hustler. She's 23 years old. She has a very popular and active blog, Instagram, podcast. She actually... I think she 's changing some things, but for a long time she 's had more than one podcast, more than one Instagram, and they were all very successful so she 's put a lot of work into all these things she 's a she 's a hustler she 's a grinder she 's very good with her business, um, but she 's also very intelligent when it comes to gut health, and that 's what we 're going to focus on today we 're going to talk a lot about her story, which is going to blow you guys away. I mean from eating pounds of steak and losing weight good getting to seventy five pounds I think she said seventy three seventy five pounds of weight she is short, but regardless very very small um, going through some issues that she could not explain in in regular medical doctors were not giving her the answers to fix which is a big problem in today's society which we are going to touch on as well because i know a lot of people benefit from hearing the unconventional medicine side of things. Um, so before I rant any longer and, and just talk about Christina and what we talked about, let me just get on to the interview, guys. And real quick, before we get into the interview, just a reminder, guys, if you love the show, if you want to support the show, there's two main ways you can do so for me. Number one is simply leaving a five-star rating and review. They do help us grow in iTunes. They do help the show grow, and they mean a lot to us because we get to hear your personal feedback which helps us dictate what we do on this show number two is our patreon account which there is a link to in the description of the show you can now donate to the show so it can help us financially grow to make this show bigger better more frequent and get better guests on the show to help you learn help you get more free information and help you build your own results through the knowledge of this podcast now without any further ado let's get on to this awesome interview with christina rice
1: okay cool well we're no gonna filter.
0: no filter at all we're gonna get right into it i want you to um i'm already recording so let's just jump into your story like i want you to give me everything and i've heard like and i, I know it can be long as long as you don't have a restriction i don't have a restriction but i want to hear the story um obviously you have actually first let's give a little introduction because some of the people might not who you know who you are who are who's christina and what does she do
1: okay my name is christina rice and i'm a nutritional therapy practitioner and I'm also a podcaster. I host the podcast Wellness Realness, and also the podcast Straight Up Paleo. Um, that podcast actually is is about to end. We're stopping that, so I'm gonna be focusing just on Wellness Realness. But have a few podcasts. Um, I started off blogging, and so I have a lot of content on my blog. I have a few ebooks out. I co- I have a Paleo Women Lifestyle Program, which is all about turning transitioning women into the paleo diet lifestyle. And I just have a passion for putting out some quality health information and calling out everyone who bullshits people. And that's just a little bit about what I do. Yeah.
0: How do you I mean, what is your motive behind content? Because I get a lot of people that ask me like, why do I put out so much free shit? Like, why am I always content 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 just trying to give away but I always say like in this day and age I feel like that's very crucial to be successful in the online space what was your initial motive to really start putting out so much content because I mean two podcasts a blog you're all over Instagram I think you have a couple Instagram accounts you're doing a lot of stuff
1: yeah I I do a lot of stuff and I mean now that I am you know, making a business off of it. I don't put out as much free content as I used to, because I frankly just don't have enough time. Like as I used to, when I started this in college and when I started this in college and I was blogging every single day of the week, I was podcasting multiple times. You know, I just was really driven and I still have that same drive because when I first started getting into health and wellness, nutrition, fitness, I was trying to figure out what the fuck to do. You know, I was just like, what, there's so much information i just want to get healthy what do i do and so i just started reading everything i could get my hands on um on the internet through podcasts blogs books and i tried a lot of it and i just took what i read as the truth as word of god as this is going to work and i got myself into a lot of trouble a lot of hormonal and metabolic damage and gut damage and i just over the years, you know, I always continually learn. I look back and I think, oh my gosh, you know, that was a mistake. This person led me astray. And I just really started to realize how much BS is put out there. Um, And also as I started getting more into the blogging side of things, and, you know, I worked for a pretty popular blogger here in Los Angeles and started meeting more and more quote famous bloggers and realized that a lot of them were just liars and bullshitting people and it's all a scam and it really pisses me off because I take it personally because I got into major I got into some major issues with myself like emotional issues physical health issues because I was following people's shitty advice honestly so you know, I just want to put out information that I wish I had seen or read or heard back in the day when I was looking for something quality, because I really went into the health space for myself. You know, I wasn't trying to lose weight or anything. I just wanted to be healthy. Um, and I went in with the best intentions and it went very astray. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, it, it's, uh, yeah. it's unfortunate that there's so much information out there; you really can't trust at all, right? And and coming from somebody who wanted to just find some good information, it's hard to do so. Um, but let's go back to why you were even trying to look up this information. What? Why were you trying to chase health?
1: Yeah. Okay. So, if you're uncomfortable, okay, I'm just I'm very no, nothing okay.
0: makes me uncomfortable. Just go okay. for it. Okay.
1: <laughs> well, if you heard my episode of Mind Pump, then I'm sure you know everything about me. Yep. Um. Okay. So I went through most of my life, like the first 20 years of my life, I had really bad digestive issues. I had chronic constipation, horrible bloating. Um, I struggled with acne, cystic acne. I was, had severe anxiety and depression. Um, I was kind of a mess and I just thought that this was normal. I was also very, I had super low energy, like chronic fatigue. It was a mess. When I was in, when I was a senior in high school, I got a chronic case of mono that kind of wiped the shit out of me. And after that, I, you know, I go to college, I was really unhappy, I hated my life. And then I fell into a binge eating disorder cause I was just eating away my feelings. And then I also, during this time, started realizing that my digestive issues weren't normal, and, like, my mental health issues were also not normal, and because it had just become my everyday, and I thought everybody dealt with this, too, but in college, when I started, you know, living in close quarters with other people and seeing how other people lived and thought and talked, I realized, okay, I need, like, some help. <laughs> um, So I started sort of exploring that, and meanwhile, I'm battling with this binge eating, and, you know, one night, I just, after a binge, I thought, you know, Christina, you need to pull your shit together, like, this has to stop, like, it just felt horrible, Um, physically, emotionally, everything, and, I mean, I was... I was in so much pain all the time. Like I could barely walk, which made me not want to do anything. And I was really tired. And um, I mean, I was literally having a bowel movement, like once a month, if I was lucky. And, you know, I just, it, it wasn't comfortable. I was not happy. And obviously my, I mean, my gut was so destroyed. This obviously was tying into my mental health as well. And I have a very type a perfectionist personality. And I thought, all right, I am going to turn this around tomorrow. I'm going to stop and I'm going to become healthy. I was never someone who was healthy. I ate like shit growing up. I never worked out like I did sports and stuff, but like hated it. You know, I was just there. I was going through the motions um, and I was never like the best, but you know, I was like, I'm going to be the healthy person and I'm going to be really good at it because I'm really good at setting my mind to something and going 150%. And so that's sort of when I started diving into all of this health information, reading books and blogs, and listening to podcasts. Um, and I really did turn a lot of things around. I started getting into exercise and I discovered that I could actually like exercise when I started um, doing resistance training versus cardio because I hated cardio. And then I got introduced to resistance training and I realized, wow, I can actually like working out. And that became like the one thing in my life that I really just loved. And that was like the one thing that Reduced my stress during the day. I was so stressed out and I was just so unhappy. And it was the one thing I looked forward to every day. Um, And then, meanwhile, I start seeing different doctors and nutritionists and different practitioners to try and get to the root of my gut issues because I'm like, I need to poop. (laughs) Like, I need to not be bloated. (laughs) And, you know, I saw person after person and no one could really help me. Everybody I saw gave me a meal plan that was like this low calorie, low fat, low carb diet. Um, and I was like, I'm not, I was like, I need something to help with my digestion. And so I was really frustrated and I'm going through all of this and I'm I'm like starting to cling to my exercise routine more and more because that was the one thing I felt like I could control in my life. And things started to turn around. I started to feel way, way better as I made these lifestyle changes, like exercising and eating a lot cleaner. Cause I started, I did start eating a lot cleaner than I was. I went from eating like cookies and brownies and ice cream for every meal to eating whole foods, you know, which was a huge improvement and actually exercising and moving my body. And I had way more energy. I went away on a trip and I I don't really know what happened still, but something set off my gut, and I got violently ill for like a week and a half, and it, it, I didn't know what to do. I was like, I was vomiting constantly and having horrible diarrhea all at the same time. It was just coming out everywhere, and I was <laughs> so, so I was really scared. Like, I was really scared. I couldn't keep any food down. I didn't know what was happening to me. I made it down to... You know, the student health center a few times and they laughed at me, told me I was pregnant. It was just bullshit. I was pissed. Finally, after like a week and a half, my mom, my parents came down that weekend and they took me to urgent care. And my episode had kind of ended, but I felt like my digestion, like it was things were worse than before and they started. And, you know, he said, Why don't you take out gluten and dairy at urgent care? They told me this. And I was like, All right, fine. Because before that, I had kind of, read things along those lines, but I kind of wanted someone to tell me that before I full out did it. And I removed those, and after a few weeks, I felt monumentally better in terms of like, my joints stopped hurting, my vision got clearer, like my vision wasn't blur anymore, I didn't have to wear glasses to class anymore, I had so much more energy, I felt like my, just my, my mental acuity was just so much stronger, like it was so much sharper, and I felt like a fog had been lifted. And so in that aspect, I was like, okay, I'm never going back to eating gluten or dairy. And my di- my digestion did improve a little bit in some ways. Like I wasn't, I always knew that like dairy gave me like episodes. Um, but in general, ever since that, that whole long week-long sickness episode, I just... Things were not the same, and my bloating was worse than ever before. I was in a lot of constant physical pain. I was getting really frustrated. So I'm seeing more and more people. Eventually, I find an acupuncturist who is amazing. She's a Chinese medicine doctor, and she gave me a stool test and said, You have candida overgrowth. So I was like, Okay, so I go on this candida protocol and I felt so much better. I still wasn't having bowel movements, but like my bloating went away for the first time in my life. And I started losing a lot of weight during this because I was kind of making a lot of changes all at once. Like all of this is happening in the time span of maybe three months. And so I was already losing weight because I basically switched from the standard American diet to like a whole foods diet. I went from no exercise to exercising every day and I mean, more so in the direction of overexercising, and that was slowly building. Um, and then I go on this candida diet. So I'm killing off all this bacteria, this overgrowth, um, this yeast overgrowth, and the candida diet is, you know, very low-carb. And I also didn't really know much about what I consider now to be true nutrition because I was still reading things that were very, like, low-fat, low-carb. And so basically what I was eating were, like, steamed vegetables and baked proteins. Um, so, and I'm like a small girl to begin with, you know, and so, and I lost a lot of weight. Um, I lost like 40 pounds in the span of a few months. Jesus. Yeah. And so, and I also didn't really realize I was still happening. And I also felt like my life was just really out of control because my gut, my, I just felt like my gut was out of control. I didn't like school. Um, I felt like I didn't have any friends. I was disconnected with my family. Every, nobody like. People saw me losing weight and people were talking about me and saying that I was anorexic and it just became a big mess. So I start cleaning to my exercise and I start I was just really, really addicted to exercise and I kind of played my life around it and I was very addicted to it. And so um and then after I basically cut all the carbs and fruits and everything from the candida diet, I became really orthorexic because I was afraid of those because I was like, okay, these are causing all my problems. You know, I just started becoming afraid of foods. And then when I would like go off plan and try and add something in, I would have these really severe reactions to them. Like when I tried adding carbohydrates back in, I, I would faint, um, or like get these severe digestive episodes. And like, because I was having such violent reactions, I just became afraid of just a bunch of foods. Um, so at this point, you know, I was struggling with this exercise addiction, this orthorexia. I'm still, real, still like, the anxiety was at an all-time high. I was kind of out of my mind. I was really frustrated. I was still trying to be me and still trying to work two jobs and still trying to, you know, get straight A's in school and do a million things, keep up with everything. And I was just driving myself into the ground. And um, I... I, 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 slowly started to realize that I needed, I mean, basically I knew I was losing weight, but I, I had a really bad body dysmorphia, so I didn't really realize how much. Um, and it was like, I knew the number, but it didn't connect. I didn't connect it to, I guess how serious it was. And then at a certain point, a nutritionist, a nutritionist like sat me down and she was like, do you realize that you could die? because there's so much stress in your organs, like you're at risk to have a heart attack at any second. And like, when she said that to me straight up, I was like, holy shit, I need to pull my ass into gear. And like, that's kind of like what gave me a slap across the face in a good way. And after that, I was like, oh, okay, I'm just gonna eat as much as I can. And that kind of like broke me out of the orthorexia, <laughs> honestly, um, the threat of death and and exercise addiction so i just quit all exercise um and i just was like i'm going to go to work and i'm going to eat and i was eating um i was eating a lot of food and still losing weight so then i'm starting to realize okay <laughs> this is like serious <laughs> like my body isn't working and i'm getting even more scared and more stressed out because i mean i was eating like 7 to 8000 calories a day and dropping weight it wasn't even like I just wasn't gaining weight I was still dropping weight um
0: that's literally insane do you and that was one of the things I really wanted to ask you about today is do you have any idea of why that is because I know for me like if I'm on like if I'm like I did my whole reverse diet after like kind of going through a cut and I get my calories up to you know even just 3,000 and I'm like stuffed so like Mm -hmm. seven to 8,000 I'm just like are you drinking olive oil like what the fuck how do you like how did that happen? And then do you have any idea of why you weren't adding weight? Like what is going on?
1: Yeah. I mean, for most people, okay, I shouldn't say that. For people who like don't have complicated hormonal digestive issues, calories in versus calories out is a real thing. Mm-hmm. Like it's science. It's science. Yeah. Um, but when you have really compromised digestion and hormonal issues going on, it's a whole different ballgame. Um, my, I had such a bad leaky gut. I had so many different bacterial overgrowths going on that my body wasn't digesting or absorbing any of those nutrients. So it just like, wasn't even processing it. Um, and I mean, it's, kind of, it's bizarre to think about, but I think it's, it's interesting for people to hear and understand. It's like how people see, you know, I have clients who all we do is add in a probiotic and they'll lose weight. You know, it's like people don't understand how much the gut microbiome affects weight <laughs> yeah. and digestion. Like digestion absorption really does affect weight a lot. Um, and so because my gut was just so compromised, I think that's why just nothing was happening. You know, my and it's almost like when you have the bacteria in there, it's it's eating what you're eating. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah, like absolutely. It's, so it's growing it. Right. Um, so, and at that point I wasn't working with any, like, I hadn't figured out what all those bacterial overgrowths were. I didn't know I had anything else. So at this point, I'm literally just like trying to gain weight, working with a therapist, nutritionist, a GI and the GIs didn't know what, what the hell they were doing and didn't ever give me a stool test or anything. Um, so that's basically why, I mean, I was, and I was also like, I had gone through a period of like like starving myself without really meaning to, you know, I thought I was just eating, I thought I was eating healthy meals. Like when I was trying to figure out, okay, how do I, how do I eat healthy meals during the day? I read blog posts. I read people's what I eat in the day posts. Right. And I'm basically just copying them. I'm like, all right, these are normal portions. Like, cause when you're going from eating, like, I mean, even before this, I I was eating thousands of calories of shitty foods, you know, processed foods. And then I'm trying to switch to a whole foods diet. I have no sense of what portion sizes are, of how much is a normal amount of protein to eat at this? How much is a normal, you know what I mean? So Mm -hmm. I'm just kind of copying people. Um, And so I was copying people and that was not enough (laughs) fuel for my body. And so I had gone months just kind of like eating what I thought were standard normal portions slash what nutritionists told me to be eating. and that wasn't enough. And so as soon as I started feeding my body again, you can bet your ass that there was this hunger monster inside of me. That was also just really fucking hungry, which is why, I mean, it was, it was easy for me to eat a lot of food. And I also have always been someone who can eat a lot of food to this day. I eat more calories than most people can. Like if, if most people ate the amount of calories I eat, they would gain weight. Um, so I always have had a really high metabolism and you know, but like I was so hungry during that time. I mean when you're seventy-three pounds, your body wants to eat. So it, it wasn't hard for me to sit there and eat a whole jar of nut butter, you know, and like I'm like I'm still hungry. Yeah. You know? And that was also psychologically very weird for me, strange for me, coming from a history of binge eating disorder. Um, because it feels it looks like a binge almost, you know but it's, you can tell it's different because it's not coming from the same place. It's not like I'm sitting here eating my feelings, crying. I hate my life. It's like, I'm actually, I'm I'm hungry right now. (laughs)
0: Like I'm
1: just very hungry. And like my stomach is growling, you know? So that was, I mean, I was eating a lot of nut butter. (laughs) I was eating just, I mean, I would, my my parents had to help me out a lot. Like I was in college and during this period of time. So I ended up having to take off a quarter of school, a quarter of school, which is like really hard for me. Cause I'm just like, I felt like I was failing at life if I had to take some time off school, but over that. Um, so I took some time off school and my parents would try and like come down on weekends and like cook for me because I literally couldn't keep up with how much food I would have to cook. And, you know, I was eating just like, I would eat like, like a few pounds of meat with each meal, (laughs) you know? So it was, and over this time, I was super carbohydrate intolerant. Um, And so I was working, I had to slowly work up towards adding carbohydrates back into my diet. Cause like I said, like when I first added them in, I was having these severe reactions. Like I kept fainting, which is really scary for me. Um, Like one time I, like I had like some sweet potato for breakfast and, I'm driving to work and I like was like, I, I could tell I was about to faint. I had to pull over and I like fainted, you know, and it was like very scary for me to deal with that. So I had to slowly like teach my body to metabolize carbs again. Um, So that was taking some time too. And yeah, I was just kind of eating everything i could get my hands on. So a lot of oil, meat, um, nuts, nut butters, seeds, um, all the veggies. And then as I built, I eventually built up my carbohydrate tolerance to be able to have fruit and starches again um and then i was having those too. once i could build that up over time
0: so looking back at all this now i mean that's it's a crazy story but it actually doesn't seem like it was that long of a period that you're going through all this but like looking back at your life can you look back and see like Oh shit! This actually started when I was ten. I just didn't speak out about it, or nobody was talking about it. Or do you think it did start in college? Like, when do you feel like, whether it was the candida overgrowth or whatever it may have been, when did it actually start? Now that you look back,
1: I think it started from birth. I think really? that I was I was set up um, for this to happen, not like intentionally. <laughs> that sounds like intentional, um, but I mean, I was born via C section. Um, I grew up like on processed foods a very high carbohydrate standard American diet um I at a young age I mean I remember like struggling with constipation for as long as I can remember and bloating for as long as I can remember like I remember being very very young um and also this runs my family they have horrible digestive issues they just don't really care um and you know so it also runs with my family and like I really believe that celiac disease runs in my family. Um, They're not all going to test because they don't really care. And a lot of them think that, you know, how they're feeling is just normal. That's fine. It's their life. (laughs) Um, But, you know, and then so I'm eating – I'm eating a standard American diet growing up. I was born via C section. There's no, I was there's nothing I never ate a vegetable until I was like eighteen. Like no, that's a lie. The vegetables I ate, my mom would force me to have iceberg lettuce with shredded carrots on top of it, like once every other day. And I hated it. You know, that was me trying to be healthy. So I never had vegetables. I never drank water. I never drank straight water until I was like twenty. Um, I also was on antibiotics constantly like I was that kid I got an ear infection like every month and so I was always on antibiotics and medicine and then in high school I just ate even worse and worse I was drinking a lot um I was drinking a lot of alcohol and I was on antibiotics for like a few years straight to try and fix my acne um so that really depleted my gut and then I go and then when I picked up like the mono set things off, like epstein bar, epstein bar is just at the root of so many different illnesses, right, um, and so this history of antibiotics and said use, so, I mean, I, I played volleyball um, until I was, like, all throughout middle school, high school, and I, like, I don't really know what do. I do, I, I honestly think I tore my rotator cuff, um, but instead of fixing it, I just took Advil every day, <laughs> for like 2 years um <laughs> to blunt the pain and i like i was that girl who i drank like 2 to 3 five hour energy shots every single day to get through high school cuz i did not sleep i slept like 2 to 3 hours a night um you know i was just doing everything to not help myself and then and then in college i think that i i was kind of setting myself up for a disaster and then in college it, there was like when I had that episode, like something triggered it and not to mention the stress throughout my whole life. I've always been a very high stress person and stress is at the root of 90%. It's the 90% of all illnesses and diseases. Okay. And so like that was not helping anything either. Um, And all it takes is a trigger. All it takes is a trigger to to set something off, to set a gut issue off, to set off an autoimmune condition. Um, And you know, that, that meal I had on my trip to San Diego for spring break, that fro-yo like triggered me and it kind of all spiraled down from there. So I think that all of that tied in.
0: So, I mean, obviously I think the biggest takeaway for people is this stuff doesn't just happen out of nowhere. It's, it's because a lot of people take Advil here and there, they eat processed sugar here and there. Oh, it's not a big deal. And then IFYM came out if it fits your macros. Mm -hmm. And it got worse and people keep going but the issue there is it's like a domino effect and if you keep stacking on it's gonna get worse um you mentioned c-section a couple times can you explain to the listeners why that has any relevance to what you're talking about i don't think that many people understand what that yes
1: yeah so basically it's really really helpful when vaginal births occur, because when a baby is coming out of the vaginal canal, that is where the, like the baby is just smothered in all this healthy, great bacteria that basically sets up your microbiome for the rest of your life. So if you, the the child isn't going through the vaginal the, the vaginal canal, then you're not getting exposed to all that healthy, beneficial bacteria, and guess what you're kind of shit out of luck <laughs> you know so that's why um you know c sections have become very very popular well i mean you know they're just more commonly used now and we're really robbing people from getting that beneficial bacteria that's going to set them up for a healthier life long term because i mean i just really believe that the that gut health is at the root of pretty much every illness and disease and it, also going back to this this idea of, you know, this all domino effect, that's why I'm so passionate about it. And also why I, I feel like I'm trying to hit a really hard demographic to hit because I'm trying to hit people who don't care because this is the truth. People don't start to care until they're overweight, until they have acne, until they have heart disease or, you know, like they, like they wait until the last possible minute until there's diagnosis. And guess what? This all starts way before there's ever a diagnosis. Um, and so I like, you know, that's why I became really passionate about this in college. Cause I'm like, yo, everyone, I'm looking around, no one's sleeping. Everyone's drinking. Everybody's eating shit. You guys need to pull your stuff together. Cause I don't want what happened to me to happen to you. You know? And I grew up like not taking care of myself and people would joke. They're like, should you really be eating all that ice cream all the time? Should you really be doing that? Like, I don't think that's healthy. And I would, I would say, I'm fine. I feel good. I'm still skinny. I would say that growing up, like I was like, I can get away with whatever I want. And I didn't get away with it. It (laughs) caught up with me, you know? So I think that I just want people to start taking preventative measures and that's hard to get people to understand and that's why I try and share my story because I'm like learn from me so you don't wake up one day and think holy shit I wish I started caring a long time before
0: yeah and I think uh, you've said this a couple times here and other places I think one thing that people have an issue with is they actually don't know what it's like to be productive, to see clear, to hear better, to smell better, to just have better skin. Like I, I, so I was born C-section. Um, I have eczema and I contribute that could possibly be it. Um, eczema, I used to be overweight. I was never good in school. When I changed my nutrition, I started focusing on this stuff and that stuff cleared up. I was way more productive. I started a business. Everything started just excelling so quickly and people always ask like how, and this is why, I train Mm -hmm. smartly, I eat smartly. I think it's such a big piece of all of it. Um, Do you find that, like, if you look back again, looking back at your life, do you feel like you were always in a fog or was there a moment where it got really bad and then it all changed? Because you said that things became really clear.
1: I honestly feel like I was kind of always in a fog. (laughs) Like I, 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 You know, and it was, I, it's hard for me to explain besides just that moment that day I woke up and I literally could see better. And that was when I really, I was like, holy shit, food and lifestyle changes can really heal things and change things. And it wasn't until I experienced it for myself. Like I thought I was fine before I, you know, I wish I had realized this so much earlier because I think that I would have had such better quality of life my entire life, even when I thought I was feeling good and having fun. At times, I look back and I was like, "No, I feel horrible all the time, and I also think, for me, you know I'm really passionate about mental health um because I struggled a lot with my anxiety disorder and major de- like major depressive disorder for most of my life, and I, I had I changed these things earlier on, I think I would have really overcome those earlier on and just would have improved everything um you know, and but also, I don't regret anything because I'm really happy right now. <laughs> but yeah, I think that I was kind of always, always feeling not so great.
0: Well, and it's always good too, because you wouldn't be doing what you're doing today if you didn't struggle through that. So as as shitty as it was, like, it was for a reason. Um, and so let's get into what you do today, then. Like, what is your coaching all about? How do you help people today? Like, how are you so like, you saying that you were depressive or had anxiety is like, kind of shocking when you hear yourself talk because you seem very happy. You're always smiling. You put out a ton of content. You're doing a lot of work. How like do you implement this stuff into clients? Like who is the typical client you see and what do you go about doing with them?
1: I mean, I tend to attract a lot of people who have gone through similar things as me. So uh, most of my clients struggle with gut issues, gut health Um and I also have a lot of people who are coming to me, working through mental health issues or, you know, body image issues, a lot of like ED recovery women. Um, but at the root of, and a lot of people for skin as well, because I've talked about like my struggle with acne and all that. Um, but it, you know, it's kind of all, all over the place, but those are tend to be my main type of clientele. And I mean, I really take a whole foods approach like I get very geeky about nutrition and lifestyle because I take a really holistic approach because you know the more you see people and talk to people and work with people and experience things yourself you realize like you know you can have the perfect the quote perfect diet for you it's still not going to be enough like you can have the perfect exercise routine for you it's still not going to be enough you have to Take a holistic approach. You have to address the nutrition, the exercise, the sleep, the stress, um, the relationships in your life. You know that's a huge one. The job. I sometimes I feel bad about how many people quit their job after working with me, but then they're so much happier after. You know, like, and it's like I spent so much of my life um, feeling very purposeless. And that was a big reason why I felt sort of all the time. I just felt like, why am I here? This is pointless every day. I don't like what I'm doing every day. I hate it. So why am I here? And now I'm very lucky because I feel like I have a purpose and I love what I'm doing. And so it makes it easier to go, you know, but I'm just really trying to help people address all aspects of their life and make them realize like, there's so much you can do without going to a doctor or getting like. Prescribed things, and I just want people to understand the natural holistic approach and give that a shot because I don't think people give enough credit to how much like changing that can really change their whole lives.
0: Yeah, it's so huge. I love what you said about every aspect. Something I implement in all my coaching is I call it the four pillars, but your body, your mindset, your relationships, and your business. And, and really that's the four things we're constantly chasing. But if your relationships are fucked up, none of the other stuff is going to work out for you. So you have to prioritize each of those just as much. So everything kind of, builds together. Um, Mm -hmm. you touched on body image and I do want to go into that a little bit because I know there's a ton of people who listen to this that have that same issue, whether it's like, I've even talked to people where they'll weigh in or they'll look in the mirror. They like what they see. They're losing weight. They weigh in. It's not what they expected. They look back in the mirror and now they see something different and it like brings Mm -hmm. them down. Right. What do you implement? Do you have strategies you implement or like, how do you go about it? Is it just support and accountability? Like, how are you helping people get over these body image issues?
1: Well, the big one for me, I mean, it's probably different for who you're working with. Um, I want people to get rid of their scale. Absolutely. Because I think it's a trigger for most of my clientele. And obviously, I think we tend to work with different types of people. Mm -hmm. Um, But, you know, the scale, there are different types of scales. Um, And the one that's just telling you a number is a piece of shit. Like, if you want to be worried about anything, you should be worried about, like, you know, like you can gain a lot of muscle and get a lot leaner and lose inches and gain weight technically, you know, but also this this general idea that a lot of people have of like, like this number is defining their self worth for them and don't let a number control you. Like, are you kidding? Like you're going to let that skill make like decide for you how you're going to feel about yourself for the rest of the day. You know, we got to get past that and so removing the scale for a lot of people is is a big one and also getting people to realize what their goals truly are like what is your goal really is your goal really to reach a certain number i mean maybe you think it is but why do you want to reach a certain number you yeah. know like, what are you really trying to get to and for most people their true goals are to be happy to be healthy, something along those lines, um, and it's not that number that's going to get you there. And when we focus on other things, and we start to realize what we really want, you know, um, that number starts to not matter as much. When you start to have fulfilling relationships in your life, when you start to you know, turn your nutrition and exercise around so that you're actually feeling good and you have energy and you find something you're passionate about and you're doing that. Usually people are focused on the scale, or focused on the weight because they're trying to avoid some deeper issue. Um, So it's really about getting to the root of what that issue is and grappling with that and making changes to turn it around, whatever you're trying to avoid, you know, because it's easier to focus on a number on a scale, something we think we, can, we think we can control rather than focus on these bigger issues that aren't as tangible, if that makes sense.
0: Yeah, totally, and I even, I'll be honest, I even have clients where I tell them, like, there's no weigh-ins because I know that it triggers them. I think everybody, now there's people that can weigh in and it's not that big of a deal, but there is a lot of people that the scale just fucks with them. So I think that, mm-hmm. I think it's powerful. Are there any like, books that you've read or, or practices you've done, retreats you've gone to, or things that you suggest to your clients to help them figure out that deeper why or like that deeper purpose of what's causing them to want these goals or what their should, goals should actually be?
1: I'm trying to think if there are any books.
0: I guess I just want to leave, like give them some like tangible things to like really start picking at it. Cause I think a lot yeah. of people, we can tell them like, yo, you need to dig a little bit deeper, kind of get emotional with it, figure out what your why is. Cause I've gone to retreats where other entrepreneurial men actually like pride at me until I would like kind of pull out things yeah. that are pretty emotional, but a lot of people don't go through things like that.
1: Yeah, I'll tell you, okay, well, first of all, working with someone, I'm sorry, I think that therapy is really important, or a coach, like, that's what I do with my clients, like, I'm not a therapist, but, like, working with someone who's going to pull out of you, you need an open space where you can just be completely honest and talk through stuff, and it doesn't, this is the thing, it doesn't happen overnight. You can't expect to have one conversation with people. Sometimes that magical conversation happens, but usually it takes a longer period of time to really dive deep with people. And it's commitment. It's about being open, right? i um, mean finding someone who you feel safe with and that you can talk through things with and that you trust. And that's going to push you because saying just, I don't know, I don't care. Avoid, avoid, avoid. That's not a good enough answer. So I think that working with somebody, um, there are so many different types of coaches out there, um, therapists, mental health professionals that can help you with that. Um, I think that it's better to find someone like that. It's it's very helpful and good to talk to friends and family. Absolutely. That support's very important. But it's really helpful to have someone who's like an outside third party who doesn't know everything else that's going on in your life. Um, because you might find that you had what you say, or you don't want to talk about so-and-so cause you're worried about what they're going to say to you st- You know what I mean? Yeah. It's easier to find someone on the outside. Um, who's just for you, just for you focus, really focused and invested in you, you know, and is going to like support you through. So that's one thing. Um, the other, the other thing is making space for yourself. Um, so, something that I really think people need to do is pay a lot more attention to the content that they are consuming and who they're following. This can be, who are you looking at on Facebook? Who are you looking at on Instagram? Who are you looking at on the internet? What are you reading? What videos are you watching? How are the, how is that making you feel about yourself? A lot of people are not honest with themselves about it. They're just in habit of paying attention to people that they maybe want to look like, but, or be like, but I'm like, Okay, but is that person making you feel bad about yourself every day because you're comparing you know then we don't need that um, and also like I think we live in an age where there's just so much available to us that we're trying to consume so much content and this is cluttering our brains we don't even we don't even realize how much this is cluttering our brains and we need space. We need to stop looking at the social media so much. Stop being around people so much. And it's like taking days for you. Um, And this is where things like, like meditation can be super powerful, but sometimes it's really hard for people to just jump into. And where it starts is like, what about just a day where you're not meditating, but just a day where you don't have any social media, just a day that you're hanging out by yourself just start there. Just hang out by yourself. You know, like a lot of people are very uncomfortable with being alone. And that is a key part of this because when people are alone, they have their own thoughts to wrestle with rather than focus on something else. And being alone and getting comfortable with being alone is incredibly important for people, I think, to find themselves. Um, That was a huge thing for me. Um, Just, I had to stop consuming content you know, I, I got off Facebook, I got off Instagram, I stopped reading all these blogs I was addicted to, I stopped watching YouTube videos, and I was just hanging out by myself. Um, and that was very hard and weird at first. And I, I've always been someone who likes hanging out alone. Like, I like being by myself, but I, I was by myself, but I was still doing other things. Like, I, I was by myself watching TV. I was by myself, you know, um, I don't know, reading blogs. I wasn't really by myself. Does that make sense? Like I was still had other people's thoughts and words in my brain, in my mind. So, you know, I started taking days where they were just for me. Like I said, I'm not consuming any content. I'm just, I'm going to go walk along the beach and just be by myself and with my thoughts. And that forced me, um, to be with myself. And eventually that turned into being able to meditate. And that helped me a lot on my journey as well. Um, but So I think that, like, making space for yourself and your own thoughts, and that can be gradual, but it's very, very important. And something else that really helps me with that is journaling. I think this is a huge thing that is really overlooked, and I try – I encourage all of my clients to do this um, because – I think, you know, and people have this idea about journaling, but I'm like, you just need to brain dump. Like you just need to get thoughts out there and make the space open for you to be honest with yourself. When you write in a journal, no one has to know what you write. Like you can write it and rip it up. You can write it and rip it up. You can burn it. You know, no one's going to see it, but it's a place where you can be very open, honest, real and vulnerable. No one's going to know what you're saying except for you and take advantage of that. Because when I started journaling, I started saying things in there, I I was spilling out thoughts. I didn't even realize I had, I was spilling out all this negative self talk that I didn't even know I had. And it helped make me become so much more aware of the way I was talking to myself and the way I was feeling. And you know, there, there are no rules. You don't have to like talk about your day or answer some gratitude question. Like you can, if that helps you, that's awesome. But like, write a word, write a phrase, write whatever is in your head. It doesn't have to make any sense and eventually form that habit. And eventually things will just start to spill out, you know, but it's about opening yourself up to that being like, okay, I have the freedom and the space right here to just brain dump word vomit onto this page. No one has to know, but you're not going to get to the root of anything until you're being totally honest and vulnerable with yourself. Um, and that's a really good way to start getting there and figuring out what's, what's in your subconscious.
0: Literally preaching to the choir. It's so crazy. Cause some of the things I obviously I'm a coach, so I'm, I'm a big fan of coaching, but I've always had my own coach. Something I tell all of my clients to do is create space and journal daily. Um, and even with my mentor clients, like I'll actually like force them to plan a fun thing for themselves or like like I have one guy, he's going to be listening to this. He's going to laugh. Like I forced him to turn email and notifications and all that shit off by a certain time each night. Cause he would just lay in bed and look at stuff and mm-hmm. you kind of get anxiety at first because I don't think people realize that these are sedations, just like people who are addicted to drugs or porn or whatever it may be. That's a sedation to distract your mind from what's really going on inside. Um, and I think mm-hmm. people are afraid of that. Like you said, like shit, first time I ever gotten a float tank, which I'm not a huge float tank guy, but I had a full blown panic attack. Cause I, I just couldn't be comfortable with myself. And this is years ago. Um, But I think that's like, so, so powerful. So it's good to hear somebody like you preach about that. Um, Have you ever heard of like, this just kind of popped in my mind, loving what is by Byron Katie.
1: No, I haven't.
0: You would love that book because it's, and it's an audio book too, but she basically went through this crazy depressive state in her life and everything kind of flipped and she has a worksheet and it's what taught me to journal, like teaches you to kind of open up your thoughts and, brain dump, like you said, essentially, and shit comes out that is mean and, and sad and emotional. And you don't realize that you have all this bottled up. And when you let it go, it kind of kind of changes how you go about things.
1: Hmm. Yeah, I, I want to look that up for sure. Yeah, I, it's very, it's uncomfortable at first. And that's why it's hard to get people to resist. I mean, sorry, people resist. So it's hard to get people to do it. Um, but and that's why it can ha- it can be really helpful to have someone holding you accountable. I think that it's very interesting to me how there's kind of stigma around having coaches and stuff. And I'm like, this is how I will ever, like, this is how I will succeed in life. Like I always, I have so many different coaches or mentors in my life. You know, I'm always looking to like have other people help me and give me more advice. And also I need someone to hold me accountable. I need someone to, um, like I'm really disciplined and really, I'm very disciplined and most people would probably be surprised to hear me say that, but like, no, I need someone just as much as anybody else does to like hold me accountable and keep me on track. Um, because we only have so much willpower. It's like decision fatigue throughout the day, especially when you have a job. A lot of us have very demanding jobs. People are asking, asking, asking all day. We feel depleted. And then when it comes to ourselves, we feel like, I don't have anything left to give. I'm just going to kind of do whatever, you know? Um, so it can help to have someone, who you feel like is holding you accountable, keeping you on track, reminding you what to do. Um, and I really think everybody needs someone like that in their lives.
0: <laughs> 100%. It's, I think a lot of times it's ego, to be honest with you, because people think yeah. I can do it myself. And people ask me all the time, I, I don't think I haven't had a coach in six years, like like different coaches over the years, but I always have a coach. So um, getting back to your coaching, what is like? I want to touch a little bit on gut health before I get you off the podcast because I know a lot of people are interested in that topic what is like the most common thing that you see, um, whether it's like an underlying issue that a lot of people don't realize they have, or it's very blunt and obvious, like what's the most common gut issues that you see with your clients and how do you actually take them through the process of fixing that?
1: Okay. So, I mean, most people, um, have, most people have low stomach acid, which is causing a lot of is at the root of a lot of gut issues so i mean commonly i a lot of people have issues like candida overgrowth or small intestinal bacterial overgrowth which i don't even think i talked about like eventually i found out i had that and a bunch of other things um but a lot of people have those but i'm all about getting to like the root cause and where does this start and like at the root of things pretty even if people don't struggle with actual bacterial overgrowth yet most people have low stomach acid um you know and this And most people also um, need liver gallbladder support because they're not secreting sufficient bile so they can't digest their fats fully. Um, And this is just because of the things that cause this are all like, it's standard American diet, right? So like if you've been on like a low fat diet, that's going to affect your bile secretion. um, And same with like the hydrochloric acid, like Okay, let's go back to stress. I mean, stress is a huge reason why a lot of people's hydrochloric acid could be depleted, um, and also things like you know the highly acidic foods, sugars, and um, alcohol, and going back to the use of NSAIDs and antibiotics. Like all of this depletes stomach acid, um, and especially with the um, use of birth control nowadays amongst women specifically. That's a huge. A huge issue, but, and a lot of people think that their acid reflux is, well, they don't realize that their acid reflux is because they have low stomach acid. Um, so a lot of people are on acid suppressants and they need to be increasing their stomach acid levels. Um, so just like bare bones, like what people can do to improve that. Um, and because what's happening is if you have low stomach acid, basically your body can't digest your food fully because that highly acidic environment is there for a reason and our stomachs help digest our food that's where our digestive and some enzymes are secreted in there to digest things down specifically proteins um so let's let's imagine you're eating protein you don't have high you don't have enough stomach acid your food's not getting fully broken down that's trying to go through your digestive tract and it's it's not digested. So these proteins can putrefy at different points in the digestive tract and same with the other, um, the other, any of the f- types of food in there, right? It just kind of all gets clogged up for to keep it simple. Um, and it can also lead to bacterial overgrowth, um, and, you know, make it easier for things like parasites to form. So like this stuff, this highly acidic environment kills off all the bad guys that might all the pathogens that could get into our digestive tracts as well so it's really important to support that um and i mean things that just like naturally help increase stomach acid levels um apple cider vinegar is a great thing to include in the diet diluted um digestive bitters if someone struggles with acid reflux digestion i most people should be taking digestive bitters um, I think, before their meals to help stimulate that. Um, bitter foods in general are going to help stimulate, stimulate your gastric juices. So I like bitter greens like dandelion greens and radicchio and endive and arugula even, anything that kind of has a bite, peppery flavor. Um, those are some like easy enough ways to help stimulate stomach acid over time some people need to go on hydrochloric acid supplementation um for a period of time but the bitters are pretty much the number one thing um and yeah i think that's probably the like a root of most things but most people really what they need to be doing is like just fixing their diets and taking out all the inflammatory foods and the inflammatory oils because that's like at the root of this and stop using all of your, your Advil and ibuprofens and unnecessarily prescription, like unnecessary prescriptions, um, you know, like getting closer to a whole foods diet. And like, people are worried about macros before they're worried about the quality of their food. And I'm like, I don't care about your macros before I care about like, stop eating canola oil. Vegetable oil isn't made from vegetables. You know, like stop putting highly inflammatory oils into your body. Um, these are going to oxidize in your body and your cells are built of healthy fats. Your hormones are built of healthy fat. You know, like you need high quality fat. And so if you want to put broken fat into your body, guess what? That's what's going to make up your body. Um, so I think that the the diet is a huge one. Um, yeah.
0: Do you, you kind of have like a coaching protocol of how you go about this? I mean, there's a lot of people who... I don't think that many people that listen to this podcast have too big of an issue because most people I would assume are kind of fit and healthy if they listen to me talk about this shit all the time. But Mm -hmm. do you have a protocol about going about it where you're like, okay, we're going to start with just a probiotic and then we're going to slowly take out this or maybe add in these type of foods. And obviously, like you said, you're focused more on micronutrients than macronutrients. How do you get somebody from point A, ground zero, not very healthy to point B, which is optimal?
1: yeah yeah definitely focus on the micronutrients before the macronutrients, but I do love to play with some macronutrients when we get there um you know, but, but I mean we start with the diet. I think a lot of people hop on a supplementation and I'm like, whoa, whoa whoa, we gotta slow our roll here. Let's just flip the diet around, and it depends where people are starting from, like let's take out the highly inflammatory oils let's take out take out the refined carbohydrates, let's take out the sugars um we lean into a paleo whole foods approach um and sometimes we don't start at paleo sometimes we just start to like whole foods one single ingredient um and then get closer to that but we're starting there um and then once you kind of get the diet in check using healthy oils getting proteins and fats and carbohydrates to every meal increasing vegetable consumption then we kind of see where the body's at and then from there um, starting with some like baseline supplementation, things like a good probiotic is important. Um, probiotic foods usually start with those, you know. But a good probiotic um, is really, really helpful. And giving your body some time with that, digestive enzymes for a lot of people, I think, can be very helpful. The bitters is often a common one that people are starting with. Most people are deficient in like magnesium, um, so a good magnesium supplement, vitamin D, K two. Is a is a really important one for a lot of people. I think um, a lot of people are also def- not everybody, but a lot of people really need um, a good B complex, um, especially the population I see because birth control um, really depletes your B vitamins. But a lot of people struggle with that. Um, I, those are kind of some of the the main baseline supplementation that I go to from there, and then we kind of see how things balance out, and then. Um, We're also fixing the exercise and the stress management. So getting a good like stress management routine in place, starting to talk about like what's going on in your life. Um, We want to make sure that people are getting plenty of low level movement. Like the first thing is like, I need you to not be sitting all day. Like you just can't be sitting all day. (laughs) You need to be walking around. You need to be standing up as much as you can. Um, Let's start getting you more active. Um, and then, I mean, again, it depends where people are starting. Um, and then we're going to do some resistance training. Like we're going to start with that, um, and kind of building up an exercise routine from there. Um, and then, yeah, if some people might need, you know, we see where it's at. So some people might need a, a like a protocol if they have a dysbiosis in their gut. Um, you know, if something else is going on or with the mental health, sometimes I'll, utilize amino acid therapy if people need a little a bump in those neurotransmitters um will supplement with some amino acids to support their health i i also am a huge believer in essential oils i use those for so many different issues like anything any issue i have in my life there is an oil to help (laughs) um and they're a really great all-natural remedy everything from cold medicine to if you Like if you hurt yourself somehow, you know, um, you have a bruise or a pain or an ache, um, use it for gut protocols, um, everything, cold medicine, you know, all of that. So essential oils are really helpful. Cleaning up the toxins in someone's life because this is a hugely overlooked factor of health. If you have everything in place and you haven't addressed your personal care products, your cleaning products, your household items, um, you're missing out. And that still can, I mean... This is a huge contributor to cancer, for instance, big one. Which is the the, the numbers are rising, and those industries are not regulated. Um, so really paying attention to those those toxins in your life, you know. Also, drinking enough water for people is huge. Like getting the right amount of water. Some people, I actually get a lot of people who are drinking too much water, just as much as I am. Not enough. And getting the right amount of water is incredibly important. Filtered water too, because water contains some nasty toxins <laughs> if you're not filtering it. Um, so kind of all of those different factors, you know, we kind of layer in and see what people are ready for. And eventually it kind of all gets to where we need. And some people do need, you know, a, a protocol, like they, they need to go on a gut healing protocol. A lot of my clients end up needing to go on a gut protocol just because I tend to attract people who have seen different doctors the different practitioners and are like at the end of their ropes um so i do have people who are doing something more intense or doing a supplementation protocol um and going from there and then other people it's about once we get there so other people it's about tweaking the macros it's about some people need to go on a more intense elimination diet so once we get to a whole foods approach um so you have an autoimmune disease maybe you need to go on autoimmune protocol maybe we need to take out nightshades Um, maybe you have digestive issues and you need to reduce some FODMAPs for a period of time. You know, maybe you have a response to histamines. It really depends on the symptoms, um, and what they're struggling with. And then we'll go from there if we need to eliminate more foods and do an elimination diet from there. But I think that, I mean, everybody like my intake forms are a lot. I need a food journal. Um, the more information, the better. I think that food journaling is a really, really powerful tool for anyone, even if you're not seeing someone um, and you're just trying to get a sense, like you're just feeling kind of like I need help. Do a food journal for a week. Just write down what you're eating, your mood, your emotions, um, your energy levels, any exercise or movement you did that day, what you did that day. connecting stress to digestion is very interesting and like looking back on it and be like, Oh wait, I was like bloated every time I ate X, Y, or Z, you know, cause it's easier when you can look back and see and food journaling is really powerful. And I have a lot of my clients will tell me they go, you know, I felt kind of like off. So I decided to food journal and then I just, I got the answer myself. You know, a lot of times people don't like, people have the answers themselves, you know, they just need the tools to get there. <laughs>
0: Good coaches ask questions and make you do shit to find out, right? Like, I think everything you were just saying was perfect, because it just, it's really about building self awareness over time, because people just are not aware of what they're taking in and what it's doing to their body period. And you need to be able to correlate both negative things, but then positive things to what you're eating, what you're doing with stress and everything. And that's the power of a coach, like, everything you just said, Literally to in my mind goes like this. This is why people need to be patient and like commit to a longer period of time it's, instead of trying to hire a 30 day fat loss coach, right? A 30 day fix yeah. coach. It's not like that. Like you layer that shit in like week after week, month after month after month, like slowly implementing these things so they can stick with it. And then they finally probably get to a result. I'm assuming.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. And I think that that's definitely a tough thing for people to kind of wrap their heads around. I think we live in a society where we all just want instant gratification. We want results now, now, now. Anything that's telling you you're going to get results now, now, now is lying to you. Um, Also, it's not useful because if you make too many changes at once and something negative happens, you you don't know what's causing it. If you make too many changes at once and something positive happens, you don't know what's causing it either. Like, I see people do these crazy elimination diets just straight off the bat. And they're like, I need to eliminate all these foods and I feel good like this. And I'm like, what if it's just one of those foods you eliminate, (laughs) you know, like, why do you need to eliminate all of them when maybe it's just one, like, there's no use in, like, keeping all these other great foods out of your diet if only one or two things is causing the issue, so people can jump in different directions, and I just think, like, you know, it takes more, it requires more patience, but at the end of the day, it's much, much better, and also the body can only take so much at once, like, you know, for instance, people who hop into, like, like let's say you have some dysbiosis in your gut and you're just doing a protocol too hard, too fast, too soon, your body's going to detox hard or even, even if you're not doing like a supplementation protocol, if you just switch your diet, like, like for me, I know when I was, my gut was all messed up at the beginning of this and I went on the candida diet and I, I made the diet changes before I even started the antifungals and like i went through a hard detox reaction it's called a herxheimer reaction you feel like you have the flu it's like keto flu it's like when people go keto or low carb and they're getting these these flu like symptoms and they're feeling like shit you know the body is trying to detoxify and if you're throwing so many different things at once it can be it can be really hard and sometimes what happens in that instance first of all who wants to feel like crap second of all sometimes people have to feel like crap before they get better um, and so sometimes people will get these detox reactions and then be like, oh my God, it's it's making it worse. And then they back out. Um, and so there's a fine line between, you know, there there are negative reactions, but there are also healing reactions as well. And so having someone help you kind of decipher the difference between the two, like, no, we need to push through this week and then it will get better versus like, no, this is really just your body saying, no, this isn't working. Um, it can help to have someone who kind of like shows you which, which is which.
0: Yeah. Again, the power of the coach. Um, I love it. So before I let you go, I have one last question. I always ask people a personality question. I'm actually excited to hear who you say, cause I have no idea you're on or anything. So this is the scenario you're sitting down for dinner and you have three open seats at your table and you can choose anybody alive or dead to be at that table with you, but they cannot be f- current friends or family who's sitting at that table with you.
1: Oh my god! Okay, let me hold on. I need to think about this for a second. Okay, anyone alive or dead, and it can't be friends or family. I wish I wish I had like. I feel like everyone. This is like a classic question, and I feel like I should have an answer to this, and I have no idea. Okay, I want to say, um, and they have to be a real life person, right?
0: I mean. No, I guess not. You can choose whoever you want. I think I had somebody choose like a, a cartoon or some shit before. the The answers are so random. Somebody said Hitler once. It was, yeah, there's just been some crazy answers. So whoever you want.
1: Okay, this this is kind of random, but um, do you know who Sarah Destin is?
0: I don't. She's actress. She's
1: like no, she's a she's an author, but she writes. Um, fiction books like it's you know but and it seems strange but a lot of her books like really really impacted me she wrote this book 19 minutes that truly changed my life and it's about like the school shooting um and she's just like one of my authors like whenever I want to read a book like that's like not thinking you know like because I read so much nutrition and health and like sciencey stuff and when I just want to like a little escape um I like to read her books and I would love to sit down with her.
0: I think that probably is one of the things that makes you a great writer too, because that's why I love fiction books as well. I actually read fiction because if you can have such a creative mind to write something like that, like I want to study those people. I want to read from those people because it helps me be more creative on paper. So I a hundred percent agree. I don't think that's weird at all.
1: Yeah. And I also love like, because it's like fiction. I mean, all of that is rooted in some, experience or something happened, right? And I'm like, where did that come from? All of those different stories. And especially because she's someone who doesn't just focus on one type of topic. Like I have I have different fiction authors that I like who kind of all write on like this the same type of fiction. Um, but she's kind of all over the place with their storylines. And I'm like, that's really fascinating to me. Like how do you where does that all come from, you know?
0: Yeah,
1: Yeah. Um so I think I would like to chat with her I also would really like to chat with Jennifer Lawrence because I think she's a total badass Um, and really, really love her. And you know what's cool though, is I I keep thinking of people like, I'm really fortunate to have like kind of become friends with a lot of people who I would have answered this question to a few years ago. Um, You know, someone who I really would love to talk to who I'm not friends with yet, but we're going <laughs> to become friends. It's Chris Cresser.
0: Yeah. I'm surprised you haven't, like, connected with him at all yet, actually.
1: It's going to happen. Yeah. It's going to happen. I could
0: see that. Um,
1: yeah, I would love – I think he is so smart. And, like, I think in this space, everybody has, like, a thing, you know, where, like, everybody is aligned with the macronutrient ratio. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> and he's one of the few people who I feel like – has just a very balanced approach and like can look at things from an unbiased perspective. Yeah. Um, and I love all the work that he's doing just in terms of like the general, the general health space. Like he just launched that health coaching program and you know, he's, he's making people explain, like if, if you guys haven't read his book on conventional medicine, you should really, really read it. It's fantastic. Um, I think, yeah, I think that he's just, a good voice in a space about like this general issue we have in the medicine arena um versus i feel like everybody and you know i'm very much like the, like the paleo realm and everyone's in there fighting about macros and like stupid shit and i'm like okay we all have like a common a common thing where we believe that changing like nutrition and lifestyle um and exercise all these things like can help people improve their health and so instead of like being a united front and getting the rest of the world on board with that. Why are we fighting about if we should be high carb or keto, <laughs> <laughs> you know? Um, so I just like that Chris Kresser is super balanced and he has written some incredible things and he's so smart and I would just love to nerd out with him. So those, those are my people.
0: I think he's great too. Cause he's just not, and, and this is for all coaches. Like you can't be dogmatic. Like you said, keto versus high carb or whatever. Mm-hmm. everything fucking works like you got to find what works for the individual and not be dogmatic and really stubborn or egotistical about one pigeonhole right like i think that's the yeah big thing.
1: and i actually like this is something that i i see people making a name for themselves and this is the thing you can get famous real quick if you align yourself with something like that um if you say i'm the keto queen you know if you say i'm the the vegan person i'm the high carb low fat you know if you like get the more specific you get the more people are going to come to you quickly but then in a few years it's going to die out because the truth is there's not one macronutrient ratio that's going to work for everybody um and you know what works for you right now is probably not going to work for you next year um so it's just kind of short-term gains long-term sol um (laughs) you know just it, it makes me these are the type of people who Are depending on like repeat customers because what happens it's like okay say I do this this diet program that's like one macro ratio for everybody and I I get results and then a few months later I gain weight and then I got results before so I'm going to try it again and then you try it again doesn't work, but you still, you tried it before. So it has to work. Right. So you try it again. Yeah. Um, and it's hard for people to wrap their heads around. No, maybe you need something different. Um, so anyone who just is giving out one meal plan for everybody, don't trust them.
0: I love it. That's great advice to end with. Cause I think at the end of the day, it takes a lot more patience and you got to be slow. like we were talking before the podcast, like I've been blogging for seven years. It took me a long time because I didn't have one single approach, but I think it pays off in the end. And our friend mind pump, they're the same way, right? Like it takes mm-hmm. a long time, but, um, so much good information. I'm gonna let you go now. Cause I respect your time. Where can everybody find all of your work?
1: You can find me at my website, Christina rice, wellness.com. My blog is there. I have some recipes. My eBooks are there. Um, they program, is on there? Pretty much everywhere is everything's on there. And then my podcast is Wellness Realness. It's on iTunes and Stitcher. And then you can find me on Instagram at Christina Rice Wellness.
0: Perfect. Thank you so much for coming on the show.
1: Thank you so much for having me.
0: All right, guys, that is a wrap. I hope you enjoyed the show today. A couple quick announcements before I let you go. First and foremost, I just want to encourage you to check out the products I have in the description. First one is the nutrition hierarchy this is a very cheap guide to literally mastering your diet that's why it's called the all-inclusive guide to mastering your diet it's gonna teach you exactly what and how to manage your calories your macros your meal timing, your supplements your micronutrients literally everything you need to know about dieting and nutrition and how to change your body composition through nutrition is included in this book not just to get your results but to actually teach you how to get those results along the way The next thing is going to be functional muscle, which is my first and right now my biggest product out there. This is the program that is based on years and years and years of functional training with tons of clients. So whether your goal is strength, fat loss, or muscle gain, you should be strength training towards these goals while prioritizing functional movement patterns to make sure that you are avoiding any injuries along the way. That's exactly what this program does, and it's great because it guides you through the process, it changes throughout the process, and it gives you demonstrations and explanations about everything you're doing so you never get confused and you always have a solution. You also get access into the Boom Boom Performance Podcast Forum, and that is the only way into the forum, and that's where you can ask me literally anything about anything, and I will help guide you through the process. Last thing I want to mention, guys, is if you could leave me a five-star rating and review, that would be fantastic because it literally is one of the biggest and best ways for me to grow in the iTunes charts. Oh, yeah, and real quick, if you're not subscribed, hit the damn subscribe button because I constantly bust out content for you guys, and I spent a lot of time and effort making sure that you guys can get better results for free by simply listening to this podcast. All right, guys, I'll catch you next time.